Welcome to episode 37. This conversation, we are joined by Glenn Irvin. What is up, high-tech people? Welcome to the High Tech Podcast, where we say things like high-tech people and highly regret it, uh, because we shouldn't do that. Uh, so you are joined by myself, Josh, who regrets decisions, and by Will Illingworth, my co-host, uh, who is uh maybe regrets decisions less uh but uh is yeah. sure taking joy in this moment there's there's one decision i could think of <laughs> just joking love you buddy what letting me intro this podcast <laughs> <laughs> hey at least you got my name right this time too so it's fine we're doing great yeah folks. you know we're doing great yeah it's not yeah that's we don't talk about that um welcome to another episode guys uh and girls and all people uh of season two of the high tech podcast we made it to a second season we did it well done good job golf clap we we are there we are there so uh we're excited about this season we're doing some cool stuff uh having some cool things happening but one of the things will uh, we talked about already um is that we're bringing more people onto the show right we know some people sharing the opportunity sharing is caring Sharing, sharing is caring you know um, and we know you don't want to listen to us all the time because we say dumb things like high tech people. Um, at least you didn't but, call them uh, low tech people. Oh, wait, at least I didn't, but now you did. And you brought that to the attention of everyone listening to us. And I'm sorry. Um, on that note though, uh, super excited because we're into second episode of season two and, uh, we got a cool, uh, guest coming on for this episode. So we're not doing like just a specific interview series this season, um, but we're going to be bringing people on to the high tech podcast in our regular, uh, release episodes. Uh, so, uh, this time we brought on Glenn Irvin, um, who, you know, really well, will, um, good friend, from, long time friend. Was it like school G days? Yeah. That, I forgot to ask when we were doing the interview that that was, uh, that was how you guys connected. It was a school G um, next conference. And actually this is, this is a great little teaser that didn't come out in the episode. Um, he and I met, we were both ambassadors, I think, but we specifically met because there was a Twitter contest and <laughs> if you can imagine both glenn and i were at the top of that leaderboard oh, with some frequency i believe he won yes. i think i really think he won but uh yeah that's i think that's literally how we met i'm like i re- found him one day i was like are, are you the guy are you the guy that keeps taking first place for me yeah so Oh, I wish I, I wish I remembered that. Surprised me about either of you guys. <laughs> yeah, right. Because yeah, that's that's like I don't I didn't know Glenn really before this at all, other than like interaction on Twitter a little bit and my time listening to On Education. Right, um, right. And uh, so like that's where I knew his name from. But um, super excited for this episode because we're talking about the difference between high tech or between technology <laughs> in and tech ah uh, and tech in. You'll get there, uh, buddy. <laughs> K-12 and higher education. So obviously, Will and I's focus is higher education, but um, the uh, Glenn uh, has taught both in higher ed now and uh, has done a lot in K-12. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, instructional technology coach in K-12. So his insight is really cool. And I think we learned, like, kind of, you and I learned a good bit of stuff about kind of the differences. I think things that we haven't considered because we just live in this higher ed world where we... we have less rules apparently <laughs> um, so, less, less legal uh, rules we still have our stuff rules. but it's usually we policies and things like that yeah policies and things like that so excited about that excited to check that out this episode uh before we jump in uh to that stuff just a reminder uh check us out high tech podcast if you're finding us through one of your podcast uh tools apps things like that make sure to check us out uh also in other places we exist like twitter uh because will almost won a contest apparently we should get glenn to do our twitter though because he beat you oh there it is (laughs) um but check us out on twitter our handle at high at high tech podcast uh on twitter also check out our website where we put all these episodes including cool resources little tips things about the tools that we talk about uh at high tech pod dot us or us depending on how you want to say high tech pod us. us yeah you I, should yeah. you should pod us. pod us yeah. yeah pod us uh that sounds weird uh <laughs> and also if you have any like suggestions for episodes or stuff or you're like will josh i have a thought and we'd be like that's cool we like thoughts uh hit us up at inbox at itechpod.us um or you can also just dm us on twitter yeah uh, I, the I probably podcast. will That's see that a lot of us will do i'll probably see the twitter before the email but it's still we love both so send them along yeah 
But make sure to follow us there and check us out there, especially in Twitter, because I know Will and I would like to do some more stuff with people who listen to the episodes on Twitter. So we need to know who you are. Um, and we need more people there than just generic uh, podcast companies following us. We know who you are. <laughs> and we're not, not going to use you. You lurkers. <laughs> you lurkers. Anyway, on that note, let's get moving into the episode. Let's uh, listen to us talking to Glenn uh, about the difference between um, K-12 ed tech and higher ed ed tech. This is the High Tech Podcast joining you this new year in 2022 with our first guest show. Josh and I are so excited. Yeah. I think, um, to bring this new experience to the podcast. It's not just going to be interviews this year. We're going to have everybody involved in the conversation. We're starting with <laughs> everybody? teachers, students, That's like a children. massive promise. <laughs> Every, everybody, everybody, everybody is going to join us this Everyone. time. Yeah. But most importantly today, we have our first guest with us, a good friend of mine, long-term friend and colleague, Glenn Irvin. He is an instructional technology coach at a district in Minnesota. Do I have that right, Glenn? That's absolutely correct. Yes. Whew. Now I didn't give yeah. your zip code, so people won't find you exactly. But that would be getting a little personal. I'm glad we did not do that. <laughs> Just a little personal. You can put your social security on the episode. That'd be great, Glenn. Uh, I usually share that publicly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's for the LifeLock commercials. Yeah, along with my pin numbers and those. Kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Your. Uh... Your your mother's maiden name. That's the exactly. Yes, you always want to share those that type of information. Yes, exactly. <laughs> those are the kinds of things. I remember on Facebook, I used to do those little like uh, surveys with friends oh, and stuff. God. And I've yeah. realized, like, holy crap! All the questions they asked, I've used those answers. They're data mining. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, my parents always participate in those kind of things, and I'm just I just shake my head. I don't even try to, you know. Yeah. Be oh like, yeah. Never mind. It doesn't even. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Thanks, it doesn't, Mom. I Thanks, Dad. I can't. I can't reteach you this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, in the past week, I was actually in your time zone. I was in Texas, but I suspect mm. our weather was a little bit different. Is it stupid cold yet, or is Minnesota still moderately cold? Currently, it's moderately cold. Um, we had Halloween, and it got down into the high 30s <laughs> so we're not freezing yet so we actually had a really good october so now that it's november we're all expecting it to get disgustingly windy and very very cold um and then for that to last till you know probably april so <laughs> oh, oh gosh i like so. when my spring starts in march you know <laughs> i don't know about you but yeah, that's why we don't usually have spring break. Well, actually, if there is a spring break, of course, everyone just leaves. You know, yeah, that's yep. like yeah. what an opportunity to go, you know, anywhere uh, besides, yeah. besides here. That, I feel like if yeah. a spring break in that environment is just like mocking you, it's like, here's a uh, spring absolutely. break. <laughs> here's a spring break full of, you know, snow in your yard. And really, it's just the cold. It's not that we get plenty of snow, but it's more that just bitter cold and a lot of wind it just Oof. that that kind of weather where you're like you can't even do anything outside so i do have some uh family in minnesota up north mm. at duluth and actually around the twin cities but they're the folks that first made me aware of and through this temperature thing that that some cars you know i don't know if it's like you can buy from the dealer this way or whatever but have battery warmers and engine warmers right you what? plug your car you in plug your car in yes if you keep what? your car outside of a garage here, uh, you you plug your car in. So there's an actual extension cord that you bring it out to your car. You plug it in because otherwise your battery will freeze and and be destroyed. And then oh, I think even it I think it even sits on your engine block to make sure that it doesn't cause you know whatever all the liquids don't freeze and end up destroying your engine too. So it does get that cold where it's. Just, just starts destroying things. This is so. <laughs> that this shouldn't, is the... that shouldn't actually happen in real life. <laughs> they they do happen here. Like for example, I tell everyone this, and they don't believe me. We've had several occasions here where our natural gas, there's a certain temperature at which natural gas stops flowing freely, and we reach that temperature here. I think it's at minus thirty ish. Oh my god! And with wind chill, it's happened several times where our furnace just stops running. And it's because the natural gas outside stopped being able to flow into the house. So you have to wait till it gets, you know, once it's up to minus 20, 
25. Oh, yeah, when it gets up it, there, roll yeah, bony. Yeah, when it gets up minus you, 20. Your furnace finally turns back on, but right then, you were like, this is the moment when I really need you, furnace. Yep, no natural gas. So I don't, I don't happens. mean this. I don't mean this is offense, but I believe at this point, if your your environment is fighting back against your furnace, it's it's time. That's like that's not where we were ever meant to live. I'm just gonna yeah. be honest. I feel yeah, like, there's, <laughs> yeah, you have to be like I'm from originally from El Paso, Texas. So and my family is associating Minnesota with. Uh, they just call it Alaska. They just say Alaska. You know, <laughs> we don't know why. We don't know why you moved to Alaska, and I'm like. It's not even anywhere near Alaska. They're like, yeah, but it's really cold and it's Alaska. You know, they just have this image right. in their head. It's, it's the extreme. It's yeah, the it's, it's the easy yeah. extreme for them. Yeah, and and they are right. This is this is next level cold. This is not <laughs> not just normal. <laughs> it, this is this is great because Josh and I regularly, when trying to come up with examples about ed tech and classroom stuff, will we might go to martial arts or we might go to drumming or science. Like we, we regularly try to make up science on the spot during a podcast. And it like, does not work. Yeah, so if you're a physics instructor, he might. And I'm like, at least today we got some real science from Glenn. Like he has lived <laughs> yeah. this. This is true. This is a real thing. This is not like when Will tries to pretend like he's doing a lab and I'm not even sure the words you say on a regular basis. <laughs> 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 this folks is why we need guests to keep us honest bring yeah. us back to the real the real stuff that's oh, fantastic love it well uh again we appreciate you being here with us there's so much always to to dig into and and jokes and fun stuff but we'll we'll see where that comes to us as we dig into the uh more in intricate conversation Glenn, you, for me, have been a friend, you know, and, and, and a colleague in the K-12 space for so long, but I know recently you've joined into teaching like adjunct for higher ed. Really curious to see uh, from your experience what you, what you see is the difference between ed tech and maybe it, the attitudes around ed tech in K-12 versus higher ed. Like, is it, is it Davids and Goliaths? Are we talking yin and yang? Or is it, is it maybe more similar than we think? It's definitely, there's... A lot of similarities between the two. Um, the biggest differences I would say are that I feel that in the higher ed space, you you have free reign <laughs> to <laughs> choose basically the, any of the tools that are out there that you feel are appropriate for whatever the activities are that you're that you're attempting. Uh, I remember uh, being a graduate student in. Uh, there's a guy, his name is Dr. Chris Haskell, and he teaches out of Boise State University. And I took a teaching and learning and virtual worlds class from him. So Ooh. yes. Ooh. And anyway, in this class, we um, met in, uh, I want to call it second world, second life, second life. Yep. We did oh, part yeah, of our okay. class in second life. I had never been in second life. It was interesting let's just say that uh so we were <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole community in there that's yeah. not g-rated let's call it um yes. but we would, did a bunch of activities inside of second life to kind of experience uh these virtual spaces um we of course that was my inspiration my first time ever in a class using minecraft and so we we oh, uh, explored different oh. worlds and this was a, a, a my first delve into the minecraft space that i saw other people's basically activities in math and some other content areas we got to experience those and just a whole bunch of other spaces that would never fly now minecraft does but you know you're not going to use second life ever in in a k-12 space unless you don't want to work in that space anymore <laughs> um, and there's a lot of tools like that there's a lot of things that are real that are real life uh, tools but they also come with a lot of um, let's call it warning labels, you know, oh, that, yeah. for us as adults, like we, 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 we use them at our own discretion, but obviously in the K through 12 space, we have to take uh, that discretionary role as educators or as directors of technology and the, the apps and uh, websites that we decide to go ahead and use are are that more limited. So we have to really right. limit their access. And then you, it's even divided between secondary, like high school, nine through 12, 
and then anybody younger than that, really, basically at our schools, because there's this dividing line uh, because of COPA and FERPA laws that it, I think the age is 13 is usually the, the magic yep. number. Well, 13 mm -hmm. is somewhere in seventh or eighth grade. So most of the time, middle schools uh, don't venture into that space, you know, don't decide, oh, this will be okay for these eighth graders, but not for the seventh graders because it's so close to those those oh. age groups. So they just so cut it off say, carte blanche. Like everybody doesn't get it kind yes. of thing. And, and if, oh, wow. if you would be amazed at how many apps, websites are 13 plus that you would not think. So for example, we were just talking this week with a director wow. of technology about this tool called uh, Canva. Uh, it's oh, a website, yeah. uh, fantastic resource, amazing ability to be able to do all kinds of graphic design makes us that are not graphic designers make us look amazing. And so our, our yeah, our, yeah, our students, yeah, exactly. Our students also can use these tools in a variety of different ways and they do at our high school. Um, mm. but there is that 13 plus rule, uh, in there. And so you can use it by the way, some of these tools, with our younger age students, but you obviously have to get permission from parents. Yep. And those permission from parents are really weird as far as like, you can have a parent sign a all in one thing that they sign at the beginning of the year, basically allowing the school to play the role of the parents. Right. And that's Ugh. what a lot of school districts around the country do. They have wow. a parent sign a one-time form, and then they, the school takes on the discretion of what tools. To me, I'm like, hey, that sounds really like a lot of liability. I don't want like a lot that of responsibility. That's a lot of. That's too much power. I only want that on, on my own children. You know, I don't want <laughs> someone else's children. So, right. but it happens currently, and and so schools have to decide, you know, what tools and in what ways they're actually being used. And obviously, that's um, that students aren't going to access something that they shouldn't be accessing. Um, but so many things are just layered with just so many, even just ads, like ads are, oh, yeah. are, yeah. are, and can be really dangerous and really inappropriate, you know, mm -hmm. and can lead kids and they lead us too, you know, as adults, right. it's just, just, Places we shouldn't have went to, <laughs> you know. You're hey, like and that can even your... be as simple as gambling or stuff like. Yeah, it doesn't have to be X-rated or, or whatever. But something, it... yeah, purchase of right. something. You click on something, you're like, oh, I didn't, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Now all my email is going to be spammed with, right. you know, yeah. I, now they know I want a treadmill or something, you know, or whatever it might be. <laughs> but for our kids, you know, they we don't want them to have to be put into a situation. A lot of times, it that's that is another big difference. I would say is there's a lot of supervision that happens. Uh, and decisions happen ahead of time by teachers and district personnel as what apps are going to be used in K through 12 environment. And then during the use of specific tools that you would think is okay, you know, a kid is okay, you may need to also add some supervision there too. Sure. Um, so that's why tools that are COPA and FERPA compliant and have been accepted kind of as a norm and are okay for, uh, for younger kids to use are really fantastic. So a lot of people gravitate towards those, those tools because you know you don't have to have those worries in mind. Um, but yeah, no, that's what I would say is kind of at least you know my take as far as the differences. So a quick pivot on that. One of the things that we hear a lot in higher education, especially take Nearpod for example, uh, from some folks is like, or even Schoology for a very long time. Uh, yes. We you know we used to hear that. Josh is no longer with them, but. Um, you know. It's it looks elementary or it looks kitty. Have you had any sort of like aesthetic response like that? That's been I and on maybe I on have. both sides. Yes, uh, that is true. Mostly from my students that are that are my uh, higher ed students. So my, okay. my graduate students that I teach, um, they do look at school. They have made those kind of comments. You know those kind of things. That's like, funny. what's this site kind of looks like? facebook like who would ever use this you know kind of thing <laughs> yeah. if anyone knows the story Same. of schoology that that was the intent right <laughs> the intent yeah. was actually to attract us facebook users into being like oh it's similar we it's even the layout is very you know very much that aesthetic it's even blue 
Um, yep, and yep. it has like this aesthetic with this feeling where you're like, oh, I've done this on Facebook. I think I can do it here. Um, so it was definitely a sell for educators, you know, to pull them in. But I could see these these younger, you know, grad students now, you know, they don't use Facebook. <laughs> They're looking at this thing going like, what is this that, you know, this thing schools in? And I said, and I, you know, I just make the comment to them that I use it specifically uh, because the majority of the districts in uh, Minnesota actually are Schoology districts. Yep. So it's good for them mm -hmm. to just be exposed to it, even on the student side, kind of get a glimpse of what could be a learning management system that they'll use. We also do a couple of different assignments in, you know, the other more popular uh, K through 12 platform, which would be uh, Google Classroom. So we do some okay. things just so they can kind of see what does that entail, Both what's and. the differences yeah. of those. Um, and I know for sure I teach um, specifically world language students, but when the, if they're it, do elementary focuses, they do some elementary focused, um, my course, my technology course, but in an elementary focus. And they also talk about tools, LMS is like Seesaw, you know, for example. Yeah. So it's good yeah. exposure to them, but you're right. They are very, they are intentionally kitty, you know, kind of, and very, there's a, there's a certain aesthetic to them. Definitely not something, you know, a, a huge leap from the days of Moodle, let's say, you know, <laughs> <laughs> any of you guys out there that use it, it's, it's like a, it's a different world. Even like with those of us that created content inside of Moodle know that it was painstaking and you really took pride because you had to, because it took you a long time to, to <laughs> formulate this. This is... really ugly thing that you had put together, you know, but that was definitely it, not kitty friend. Yeah. It's gross, but I made it and it's mine. <laughs> yeah. I made it. And I have I could... this, yes, I have this test quiz that can pull randomly pull from thousands of questions <laughs> and, 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 and I can give a test anytime to any students. Yes. Yeah. Any subject. It, yeah, you yeah. make jokes about that, but I'm still working with faculty members who did Moodle and we're yeah. like we're in we're in canvas now okay this is two lms's yes. later um and they're they're still mad at us that they can't do that with their quizzes anymore they're like yes. no 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 they're like trying to get the lms to do it. it's like guys we we've been done it that doesn't. for years and nobody wants to you get you need to stop i know that it was cool <laughs> back then but it's it's done we, we've moved on it's time time for something I moved new them yeah. from moodle to schoology in 2000 at the end of 2014 going into 15 yeah so it's it's at least been seven years since they've seen Schoology, yeah. but he moved them or uh, Moodle, but he moved them to Canvas two years ago now. Yeah, it's it's been no, it's, it's been coming up on road. three. Yeah, it's coming up on three, <laughs> and they still just want Moodle been, back. It's been a, it's been a decade, the and they are still trying to make their crazy quiz questions. <laughs> and I had an instructor go, "Can I make a rubric inside of another rubric?" Like this was a a real question yeah, I got. I'm yeah. like, no, no one should do that. <laughs> please don't <laughs> that's not a thing um, i used to be able to do all this stuff inside of moodle it's like yeah you did <laughs> you, you did you shouldn't and have <laughs> that's yeah that's i, I used to good. have I, the, the number one example for me was folks would you know just do gymnastics with their grade book mm. and i'm like it i'm sorry at the end of the day it needs to equal 100 or something you just like it doesn't yeah 725 why um you know or i needed this like i had i had a couple of folks who had like this this kaleidoscope kaleidoscope effect of um weighted averages oh, where yes. like their total their total categories would each be weighted at like 25 percent, but then within them they sub weighted them somehow <laughs> you know like I, well i know exactly 25... who you're talking about right now <laughs> like, i know the, i know the faculty member that you're using it as an example <laughs> <laughs> they wanted then that 20% and the, and the 5% to like be something different within the same, ca you know, it's just like yeah. that stuff really. Like, but besides yeah. the educational <laughs> side, you really just touched my heart for that, like that moment that, that started me in the internet, which was Zanga. Like I used a Zanga because I could customize everything about it. I could make it as yeah. ugly as I wanted it to be. <laughs> People uh, but it was Zanga. Yes, <laughs> of starting with nothing and then making yep. something that was kind of ugly. And it worked though. It, it was it was definitely functional for a lot of things. It did it did some things that are 
impossible to do with any LMS currently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably for good reason. <laughs> yeah, for, for absolutely good reason. I, you know, Glenn, I find just like circling back to some of the initial stuff you're talking about that I find interesting. And so I was excited for this conversation because so my background, obviously, like I, I jumped into higher ed coming into actually what, what used to be Will's job. So all of his problems I adopted. Um, and uh, but the a lot of my experience has been in higher ed uh of what's going on and uh your comment about less restrictions in higher ed um is is interesting to me because it's actually a little bit of the different of like experience i've had with instructors who've come from k-12 but i think what you're saying is starting to make sense to me um because so like <laughs> context like we build fully online programs and so the the office i work in a lot of the tools that we're picking like they're either getting picked for like programs of courses or because these courses are going to pass from instructor to instructor. So they have to be kind of more evergreen. The instructor can't just like pick what yes. tool they want to use. Um, but I get these past instructors from K-12 that are like tool happy, like, and want to like pick tools. Um, but it starts to make a little bit more sense that like the, there are more restrictions for you guys in K-12. And so I see kind of this desire to, uh, to find the, to kind of find those tools and pick and have some creativity with it uh, in, a, yes. in a space that you're less limited. <laughs> they're um, finally free. <laughs> they're finally free. And maybe I can have a little bit more understanding for the, I always so have to be the, the I always have to be the bad guy uh, in yes. our, in our environment and be like, well, I'm sorry. We can't pick that one tool for this singular activity um, because they need to all create accounts. Um, and, uh, and uh, I need to create five guides to explain the tool to the future instructors who take over this course. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that, that's very interesting. Just kind of your breakdown of that. I think it's starting to yeah. kind of make sense for me, the, the difference. Everything is really curated, I would say. And and we use, I, I would also admit that in K-12, uh, sometimes, not often, but sometimes we use inferior tools because they've been pre-approved through these kind of mm. COPA and FERPA, okay. FERPA laws. There's better tools out there. And we kind of, you want to suggest that to somebody, then you look at the restrictions. You're like, I can, we can't even use that. You know, you're like, Oh, never mind. I'm not, I'm not even going to mention it. I'm not going to just going to just bite your tongue <laughs> <laughs> and pretend that that doesn't even exist. It's or that so you just pretty. didn't get really happy about, I could create a tutorial. Never mind. Okay. I, we're not going to do that type of thing. And there's, there's more and more of that type of restriction that's unfortunate. And then there's also things like um, specific directors of technology may look at something and go, I can't approve the use of something like this because of um, they've been data uh, hacked, you know, or something uh, to that okay. effect, you know, yeah, a company yeah, yeah. specific to the thing. So it's yeah. like, no, nah, and three years ago they got hacked and a bunch of their user account information was blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that happens like all the time. <laughs> it just happened right now. <laughs> it just happened right now. <laughs> no, and like, I also uh, want to be like three years ago, that was like an eternity ago in technology. Exactly. It's probably most of those, all different yeah. owners of the software. Yeah, yeah. At this point. <laughs> exactly. Most of those companies, when something like that happens, that's actually a good thing. Uh, as far right. as it, not at the moment, but later on, they become that much more, security conscious, mm -hmm. you know, yep. and, and data conscious as far as with all of their accounts and those kinds of things. Um, but you know, you can't, it, there's a, there's a lot of power in those, uh, district level positions as far as what ends up getting used. And a lot of the time, and I don't blame them, they are thinking about liability first. That would yeah. be another thing in Kate in, in the higher ed environment. I don't, I don't really worry about, you know, what I'm, <laughs> what I'm using with my, with my uh, uh, students that are in my college students in, in, in at the high school level, that's one of the first things I think about. I have to look yeah. up stuff. I have to think, mm -hmm. and I have to compare notes with other schools and other school districts, even neighboring school districts. It's like, you guys use this blah, blah, blah. They're like, Oh yeah, we have, blah, blah, you know, whatever. It's like, okay. Right. We're, there's, there's we're, power in numbers, I guess, to, to that effect. Is. Like, it's like, at least somebody else uses it. You know, we're not the only ones that are going to yeah, get raked the... against the coals if there's something <laughs> yeah, that goes yeah. wrong. You, you'd absolutely <laughs> point to the side and hey, be like, it's not our fault. They did it. <laughs> Come on. We got they the recommended from them. us. Jeez. <laughs> that's, well, and that's that. a good point. Like the, yeah. So I often have to do evaluations of tools for our uh, online programming. And it, I'll be honest, that's not the first thing at the forefront of my mind is our liability. It's more about 
um, like user experience and is this going to create a good experience for the students yes. and also the other question i always have to ask is do we have a tool that already does this so we're not paying for something <laughs> we're currently doing True. um so like those are point, kind of the big things that we're yeah. evaluating but it's very rare that i'm aside from just asking does this blatantly you know ignore ferpa um that's that's kind of where my conversation stops at the liability piece yeah and i would say that going to uh following uh, along with that conversation thread is the cost is also another big huge factor yeah. like i'm telling you right now if something is free k through 12 will explore every option <laughs> <laughs> to be able to use that tool i, I mean we will read permission slips we will get permission slips to parents we will do whatever we need to do to try to get that tool to our students um it's you know of course the google suite is basically kind of become part of everything that almost every school district does currently. I mean, it just, yeah. it just become part of everything that we do. And I mean, it, yes, it's a very, uh, it's a superior, great tool, but it's also free. And I think those, those that combination of things mm -hmm. like, yep, yeah, that's what we're going to be going with. Uh, yes. Lead them the Holy to grail. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So other tools too, you know, like uh, when Flipgrid became free. I don't know if, mm. if there's mm. listeners here that were in the old Flipgrid days, but I was, and I had a subscription to Flipgrid Prime or whatever it was, the premium version. Ooh. And it was, I think, like $50 a year or something like that. And and then obviously Microsoft uh, purchased them and, and it became a free product, which I was like, wow, what a what a tool that is now completely free. All of the premium, mm -hmm. supposedly premium features that were there before uh, are now all free for everybody. And now it's kind of like, yeah, that's old news. We all, we all know Flip, Flipgrid is like, <laughs> we're just, we're just used to it. Like, yeah, that's of you course that we fun. would use Flipgrid. You know, free. It's like, yeah, it used to cost money, but. You got yeah, a student teacher who shows up like, hey, you know, teach. Have you ever, I'd like to use Flipgrid today. It's this new thing I've learned about. It's like, yeah. kid, come on. Come, come on, yeah. kid. My my running joke for the longest time when I first started getting into EdTech was like, the two things I knew everybody knew about EdTech were Flipgrid and Kahoot. Like, yes, they, if I had a dollar for every true. instructor who came to me and was like, oh, no, I yeah. know EdTech. I use Kahoot and it's like, <laughs> yeah, yes. so does everybody else. It's okay, buddy. Um, <laughs> Kahoot, talk about a, like permeating a whole uh, ed tech market. K through 12 and, and secondary higher ed, everybody. I mean, that's, that is, you're right. That's probably the most popular it. tool that is out there. Um, and I still hear wow. their song, their little game Ooh. song as, a, yeah, yeah. as like, in the, it's my nightmare. I hate it. <laughs> Hashtag not a sponsor. Like I just hate that sound. <sighs> Get the shivers. Now I have a, I have a quick question before I move on to one of the things I want to ask you. Cause I'm curious yeah. your thoughts on this. Um, it, because from the outside, I feel like I've noticed this thing where um, in higher ed, although we use and have a little bit more freedom for ed tech, I feel like there's less of, like a kind of culture of like interest in head tech ed tech in higher ed than there is in K-12. Is that something that you notice as a difference? Sure. Okay. For sure. I would say that if I was going to do a hierarchy of importance, uh, you know, things that are important in hmm. higher ed, one of the first things I would talk about would be um, curricular materials, like sure. the, the textbooks and what we, what are we using to actually teach, you know, th teach, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. it's super high on the list in K through 12. That is not high on the, that's, <laughs> that's probably what that's way lower because we use a variety platter of stuff. It's like a hodgepodge of, of resources and things, you know, kind of a, and there are companies, obviously, that make a killing in the K through 12 space too. Uh, textbook companies, I'm talking about. Um, but it's, I I see that as the curricular materials number one as far as a thing, and then kind of down the line a bit is any kind of ed tech tools. Yeah. In K through 12, I would say probably in the top three would be like ed tech tools would be. Like I need to be able to use X, like yeah. whatever that those tools are uh, at the elementary level 
or you know the LMS is up at the at the secondary level. If we ever didn't have the like, we just suddenly like got didn't have Schoology, for example, in my district. You mean like when Amazon goes down? Yeah, yeah. When, yeah, mean, when like Amazon servers go down, it's gonna be a big meltdown. That's gonna happen at the K through because we're gonna go like, oh, that like had everything. <laughs> that was my. That was my that was my everything. My and curriculum, that, yes, my activities, everything. my worksheets. It's like it was great because I had everything on there. Now it's all gone. Yeah. So anytime Schoology has gone down, and it has uh in the past few years, a few times, uh, for any extent period of time, extended period of time, my goodness. It's it's like our school kind of goes like, okay, how do we what are we doing that like what do we do now? How do we teach again? Yeah, like, what is Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get some paper. Okay, but how am I going to keep track of any of this? You know? Paper. So I think that's the only thing I'm allergic deal. to. Yes. And that's that's just intriguing deal. to me because that's like you're right. I feel like it's a difference in higher ed. Like we, uh, we one of my coworkers is from K twelve. She does a bunch of instructional design for us, and um, she's great. And one of the things she's just always surprised by is like we just only made it a requirement for our non online programs right before COVID that they had to yeah. use our LMS. Yes. Um, like, and that like blows her mind um, that that is something that goes on. And that was just like always what I assumed life was like until I started talking to people in K-12. I was like, Oh no, you, you were, you can require them. Oh, that's, yes. that's, that's cool. <laughs> um, we, uh, we do not. Uh, and, hey, I've uh, still been in districts though, where it's required. Like I'll, I'll be walking in the hall outside of a, a session I was leading or something. And yeah, and that old gym teacher just walks past me and goes, hey, Will, you know, I really appreciate you today, but uh, I'm retiring next year. So, <laughs> I mean, how many times have you heard that, Glenn? Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. there's still as much yeah. as it is required. It's not yeah. always required. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I would say that we live in that space, uh, many of our districts uh, in the LMS space, let's call it. And so do our parents now, too. And so it's so mm. important now we have this kind of, it's our front facing, you know, materials, grades, everything, comments, the, the assignments themselves. So everything's very open and we have this, unlike in the, in the uh, higher ed space, we have this, these backseat audience, you know, the backseat crowd Ooh. that can, that can view all of your stuff and then probably be able to critique anything that's you're using materials, the assignments themselves, your evaluation of their kids' materials and work and whatever it might be. So all of those things can uh, can definitely play. Suddenly your feedback yeah. is yeah, exactly. is like in a theater. It's it's on it's on display. It's on display yeah. and it's public. And basically it's for the parents are are seeing that and obviously our administrators too. You know, so their their bosses can you know, and they do like jump into courses and see kind of what's going on. And, and so it's a good thing. It, it, there's positives of that positive takeaway. Sure. So it keeps everyone not on edge. I don't want to say <laughs> towing the line, let's call it. It's like doing the, the right things and then checking the, the boxes, meeting the expectations at minimum. Yeah. You know, there's a certain level of expectations that we have that we help teachers to be able to go ahead and, and get to. And, and we want you to go ahead and at least do that, you know, do that, that minimum. Um, and when you don't, it's a lot of people, they just call you out. There's, there's, there's no question. Someone's going to say, Hey, this is not whatever, you know? And so way more in the public eye, I would say. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think the final question for our chat time here is, is kind of just keeping it in, in the spirit of high tech, uh, is there a single app that you found that maybe works both in works well in both cases, or like that's just it's just the top app at your list right now? My second uh, top app. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Place, I'm gonna go ahead and, and give them is is who I just finished. We just finished talking about them. It would be Flipgrid, and most people would okay. say actually Flipgrid is probably their top app, and I would not disagree with them. Like as far as that. Um, for what it does is it is amazing and you can use it in a variety of different ways and the most important part is that the student voice part you can really get kids that maybe uh, don't participate or don't just don't do well as far as in 
in an in-class setting and they their voice can also be heard. Yeah. But my top choice would be that I've used in both settings and that I've found success uh, and many other teachers have found success is is another app you just you talked about just a little bit earlier, a website, Nearpod. And the okay. reason why Nearpod is because it ch- it fills the checkbox in a lot of spaces. And what hmm. Nearpod has done really well is they started off basically as a as a great way to adapt your lecture-based teaching. So anytime you were giving direct instruction, let's call it, or lecture-based, whatever might be direct instruction, you could um, make sure that you had student voice and also student feedback during the lesson instantaneously and be able to use that feedback to you know, adjust your lesson. Um, yeah. As they've grown and as they've progressed, it's one of the tools that I would say has a trajectory of up as far as Ooh. they continue to add tools that add value to the company. So they see somebody else. Like, for example, there was this company, it still exists out there. It's called Padlet. And Padlet mm. was this website that it just offered this interesting way to be able to go ahead and have students put their voice uh, on basically what it was like a bulletin board. And you could add commentary and images and video, et cetera, whatever it might be, depending upon the question that was posed by the teacher. And then you could have some great discussions based upon what they, they posted there. Well, Nearpod said, that's a great tool. We're going to add it as one of the, <laughs> the slide options inside of our whole suite of many other board. tools. Yeah. And there's tons of other things inside of, of Nearpod, including seamless integrations with other outside um, uh, uh, tools. So I yeah. think GeoGebra might be a, a tool yep. that mm-hmm. exists out there. Well, if you want a specific tool inside of GeoGebra, you can grab it and pull it inside of Nearpod. And so so many other ones. I think there's a science one related to physics, and I can't think of the name of it. Um, the physics simulator uh, kind of tools, and you can bring them right into a lesson. And that's great for teachers because educators and the students too, but for lesson uh, plan design, you want to be able to quickly uh, accumulate all of your resources and then be able to gather them all in one place and then be able to deliver that instruction to your students. And in between, you can ask questions, have activities, all within one platform. And then the best part that I always tell teachers, and that's the part where it was the best, the biggest seller for me, and that's why I would try and try, I always try to hook people onto it, is that you don't have to think of the questions ahead of time. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah. At times it's actually good not to. It's good to have some placeholders in there just to temper your long lecture, to have some things in there to to break it up. But as something comes up in class or as you see students uh, become disengaged or they look have that question look on their face, you're like, like, I have no idea what you're talking about, man. You can just stop and then you can go ahead and pose a question to all of them and then use that to steer the conversation, the direction of what your lecture is going to be. That's the power of that tool. You know, obviously the feedback and those things. And it continues to just get better. And, and then the biggest thing, it just works. There's a lot oh, of yeah. tools that are awesome. <laughs> you guys know this too. Yeah. There's a lot of things out there that are great, but they require a lot of troubleshooting. And sometimes they just don't work correctly like they were meant to work. This thing just works. Kids enter some code and they just are in the lesson and it doesn't yeah. even matter what, what device they have on their end, whether it's a phone or a MacBook or anything else in between. Uh, they can just log into the lesson and just follow along, be able to see it. And that's the reason why I would sell that up is not that I'm sponsored by Nearpod or anything else, but Nearpod, right. if you're out there, just reach out to me. But it's one of the things where I'm just like, it makes sense for so many things that teachers do. Like you do right. this already. You might as well like bring like your game up a little bit. And really get your kids involved in these in these conversations, in these lectures, in these discussions, uh, yeah. in an easy way. Well, and and if you think about a Boy Scout, right? Like always be prepared, kind of a mentality. Like, what Boy Scout doesn't have a Swiss Army knife? 
that has the knife, the file, the toothpick, the fork, the spork, you know, like all that stuff in it. That's Nearpod. It is the Swiss army knife of educational technology. Uh, We've done an episode on them. We love them. I love them. I've been using them for for tons of years in different capacity, but I agree. Like it really transcends because where, where some folks have looked at Nearpod and the only thing that I've had the criticism in higher ed is it looks kitty. Like, um, Sure. The time to climb feature very oh, specifically yeah. is little little illustrated children icons running up a mountain like, yes. OK, but I get when that. I talk yeah. to the kind of faculty member, I'm like, don't use the time to climb. Then you just put your slides in there and use the question thing. Hey, kids, know? it's time to climb. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Will, that's not the point. In year high, yeah. In higher ed, the point is we find the one thing we don't like about that tool and then it justifies not using ed tech in our course. Ever again. Yeah. Uh, ever, ever again. again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, absolutely. But yeah. I mean, I like the tool too. I, I look longingly from the outside because we, we don't use it at our institution currently other than some instructors using it on their own. But um, to your point, I think it's just such a big uh, help when the tool just works. Like, yes. you know, oh gosh, yeah. There is now if every tool just worked, I wouldn't need a job. Um, but <laughs> like exactly it would. True. I was just thinking about that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I'm glad some don't achieve that. Um, but at the same time, it's like it's just that ability, and that just cuts down so much for instructors, faculty, students. That not working hurdle is what I think holds yeah. back a lot of like ed tech from really achieving you know, it's goal of really enhancing the learning experience. And that's where like Agreed. a Nearpod is, is doing really well. They've compared, figured out a system to kind of jump in um, and work. And, and even comparing it against like poll everywhere, which is a really good product and does itself work very well. We when I think about the first time I used a, a poll everywhere, like you got a text, you got a text to a number and you got to text mm-hmm. something to the number and that like gets you registered. And then when the questions come up, you've got to text a certain thing in a certain way to the number, if it's the right number, but you got to make this and yeah, there's a syntax to it. And it's like, yeah. you know, there's a moment where it might work every time if you figure yeah. out how to use it. so i don't i I think poll everywhere is probably better than that today and it it has an app and all that kind of stuff more but like as a texting level when i first used it that was my barrier i was like Mm -hmm. i don't wait so do i but if i put it if i put the two here is that the number or the answer like you know that kind of stuff you don't want you don't want 45 students doing that every day no 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 well especially for something like nearpod and i think that's to your point you made the comment of like it integrates into the space of where the instructors are already doing what they're going to do. And it brings something else to the table, which is that it can bring a lot of those tools and features into uh, all together into a space that, that helps it look seamless for the students, which is, is yes. helpful because there's already enough hurdles to them learning. Let's get rid of as much of that as possible. Um, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, this has been another wonderful episode of the High Tech Podcast. We have just had such a great conversation, I think, and uh, it's it's nice to just kind of go shoot the breeze, if you will, get some of the ideas from different colleagues uh, and hit your mic as you are wont to do. Right? Every time. That's, that's all I am. I'm here to hit the mic. This has been Will and Josh again with Glenn Irvin. Thank you again, Glenn. Hope to hear from you again soon. We didn't even get to talk about Minecraft today. Oh, yeah. Any depth. We'll have, have to, to have you back. Yeah, you'll have learning. to come back and yeah. talk about that because uh, Will has told me much and it is uh, really cool. Uh, I've attempted to tell you <laughs> mostly accurate stories. Yeah. Yeah, I will not have a good memory, yeah. right? But I it's know it's been that through what, the yeah. Will interpretation, so I've at least gotten part of what you actually did. So I'm very interested okay, to have yeah. you back and us talk about it <laughs> for, yeah. sure. for sure. Uh, but until next time, folks, we'll sign off here with Glenn, and you'll hear from us in just a moment to wrap up the episode. If we haven't said it enough, thank you again, Glenn. I mean, this just was such a great conversation. I really appreciate that uh, he took the time with us, and it's always just fun to, you know, get a third opinion here that's not just, you know, an ed tech context, but like Ed, uh, Ed, Glenn has been in the trenches just like <laughs> we have. You know what I mean? He he feels those yeah. same issues and 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 has wrestled with the same crap we have. Yeah. No, I I can't thank him enough for that. I mean, it was cool to get to talk to him um other than seeing his random tweets on twitter that's basically been my experience up to this point so like to get get his input and uh, also just like tons of years in k-12 to be able to like get his input on that world and just like what he's experienced in there yeah um 
yeah, it's just it's really cool. Just like a wealth of knowledge and some of the stuff that he's done, like is on a whole different level with that tech. So it's it's just cool to like get his perspective on some of that stuff. Um, and check out his way cooler mic. You guys can't see it, but his mic oh is way gosh, cooler. Oh my gosh, his setup yeah. was he's a, awesome. He's a, he's a real podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> and streamer. He's a he's a Twitch yes. live streamer now, too. Yeah. So uh, anyway, just like I can't thank him enough for being there. And just really interesting reminders of the difference between, between K-12 and higher ed. Even though I would say I think there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. More than we think there are. Um, there are some significant differences in the way we handle it and address ed tech. Um, and, uh, but still very at the core, I think the core practices of how we integrate technology, how we look at it, how it transforms or enhances or um, whatever it does to what we're doing in teaching at the core, it's not gigantically different. It's just that higher ed and right. I think K-12 have slightly different priorities Um and what they're doing and just being aware of those, I think is super helpful. And a, a testament to that, Josh, I think is that if you or I or or Glenn was put in the opposite context, I think we could still do our jobs. We would have to be oh, yeah, more absolutely. aware of the different audience. We would have to learn kids better. He would maybe want to focus more on like Andrew Goji, but neither of us would be like drowning. You know what I mean? If, the, if you dropped us in that ocean, all three of us could swim in each other's space. It's just we would have to learn some of that specific stuff to do it yeah. really well. So that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying I want to go to K-12. Listen, K-12 is great, but uh, <laughs> some of the restrictions he was talking about, it's like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't want to deal with that. Uh, so Not my cup of but tea. At the, not my cup of tea. But at the end of the day, you're right. I think it, ed tech in both those spaces, it just takes some shifting. Um, and, it's, and it's a helpful reminder that really at the end of the day, moving from one place to the other it's not gigantic differences so i really appreciated that about him and we weren't joking we'll definitely have glenn back on um to talk about his minecraft stuff i think that'd be an awesome episode this season to bring glenn back and uh yeah just talk about some of the crazy stuff he did with minecraft oh there's and even stuff he's doing today still i mean he just plays yeah. video games and stuff so he's he's, he's cool all right, folks, yeah. this has been episode 37 of season two. We are so thankful to be in this second stretch with you. Um, nowadays, we want to make sure you know what's coming next. So on the next episode of the High Tech Podcast, you can look forward to our conversation on proctoring software. That's right. We're going there. And Flipgrid. Glenn gave us the idea today, so we're going to follow through with that and do a little <laughs> review on Flipgrid. Huh? All, our, all our really far-thinking-ahead plans, oh, yeah. you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> this, this is how the High Tech Podcast is done, by the seat of our pants. As always, thank you for joining us on this journey of harnessing, learning to harness technology in both the physical and digital classrooms. Until next time, see ya. See ya.